Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Harsh. Yeah. Well. It's good though. You're opening yourself up to criticism <laughs> by posting a list like this, Dad. <laughs> I guess I am. Here we go. Alright, hi everyone. I said I might, if I felt like it, uh, add myself on at the end of the show, uh, kind of narrating, curating these songs that, uh, I chose during the question and answer show. And that's what I did. So, uh, I decided, what the heck, pile more work on myself and add more editing. This is sure gonna work out. I will certainly not be late posting the show today. And which I certainly am going to be late posting the show today. But anyway, so, in order to make this more bearable, I invited my, my lovely daughter Mary to come down into the uh, wonderful uh, auxiliary studio for Sneaky Dragon, the studio I like to call Stu Stu Studio. Hi, dear. I mean, bearable for you. I just want to say I didn't have much of a choice in coming down here. No, it's true. I was happy watching Call the Midwife Upstairs, but <laughs> yes. that's all right. You're on to season five, <laughs> which they solve the problem of, of how to how to have a baby, something that <laughs> has plagued people for centuries. Yes. <laughs> for millennia. Yes, people have not quite has. figured out how to do that. But I'm just gonna the turn, show is I'm just turning us both down at the mic because we're apparently we're both hotter than I thought we'd be. I thought we'd both be quiet. <laughs> low low spoken a couple of low spoken people, but no, we're both both we're louder than Ian is. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Ian can be heard quite distinctly on the mic when he sits on the twenty feet away from it on the couch during the show, so <laughs> Apparently we're in the same boat. Uh, now I've turned it down too much. It's I feel all like. that. It's all that. Um, all that on stage experience. Yes, right? that's right. He knows how to project. Um, so uh, there are a couple of questions, uh, musical questions during the show, and I know that you love music and I love music, and so I thought you're the perfect person to drag into this mess. Also, I was here, which <laughs> I think is uh, I think that's an important point that I was also in the same building. Well, your, your mom was here, but your mom and I. Although I love her very much, we we don't always see eye to eye on music, musical matters. Mm. She is much more a fan of country music. She loves, you know, her Clint Black and her Reba McIntyre. Mostly kind of late 80s, early 90s country music. <laughs> that is not the mother that I grew up with. <laughs> I'm going to get myself killed when she hears this show. No, your mom is more, you know, she's more into that kind of 80s music. Oh, and man. She really that's li- mom. Yeah. And she, she, really- loves, she loves that. And then she likes music that's heavily percussive. Uh, it's really kind of beat driven. And I'm, which I like. I like a lot. I like the beta band and stuff like that, but mm, yes. she's much more into that than I am. Who's uh, that? Who's that artist? Who, whose concert? Picasso? No, no, no. That, that musician whose, um, whose concert almost tore our family apart. What's that guy's name? Almost tore our family apart. <laughs> yeah. So you like stir for to it. Rufus Wainwright? <laughs> no. There was a there was a concert and mom was trying to win radio oh, tickets right. for it and none of us had ever heard of him before and I don't know if she had either but she became so obsessed with winning these radio tickets it was like every time we were in the car no one could talk uh, Alt J Alt J still don't know who it is <laughs> no no they're not very good they're as good as their name impl- implies. <laughs> So, yeah, so the- not not Alt A, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Edit right. that out, please. Can- <laughs> Alt Control Shift Delete. <laughs> That's the band I like. Um, so, so our first question was from from Louise, Louise Moon. You know Louise? I do. I've met her a few times. Yes, she's very nice. And so she had asked. Uh, well, she'd mentioned that she'd seen a, a, a YouTube video. I'm going to see what was a YouTube video. I'm going to give her 
the hypnist that it was a YouTube video of Karen Carpenter singing uh, a Beatles song, Ticket to Ride. And she didn't know that Karen Carpenter, who was a lovely woman and a beautiful singer, had a beautiful voice, was also a drummer. She was originally a drummer in the Carpenters. That's where she started. They actually started as like a jazz combo, uh, playing music around their, around, uh, their hometown. I think they lived near LA. They didn't live, I don't think they lived in LA. They lived near LA and they, you know, they kind of made a name for themselves. But, but then they became really popular as like a, a sort of pop band, you know, and her voice was the centerpiece of the band. And she was pretty much forbidden from drumming after that because they wanted her front and center on stage singing songs and, and drumming and singing is quite hard to do. There's very, you know, you know, there's a few people who've done it. Phil Collins, for instance, but even he stopped drumming and took over as like front man and actually at this, front of the stage that is sitting in the back badly singing always trying to hit things with sticks you know <laughs> mickey dolan's of course from the monkeys also sang and played drums but admittedly he was an actor playing a drummer in a pretend band that <laughs> toured a little bit in the 60s uh to please the teeny boppers and so his performance on stage was pretty limited and and i think he later was, on he was an actor pretending to drum pretending to sing exactly well he really sang he was a good singer was he pretending to Strangely, drum no, no, he could actually drum. Okay. He learned to drum, but he was pretty basic. Like, he was no... He's what I like to say, he was no Ringo Starr. Hmm. Because that's everyone's touchstone of great drumming. Hmm. Mine, anyway. I don't really know what... What is people's touchstone of great drumming? Oh, that's iTunes turning on. Don't worry. I'm sure the show's working fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear myself. That's what counts. It's all good. I had to, just had to click back onto, onto our thing to see that it was recording. I don't trust this laptop as far as I can throw it, and that's not very far. <laughs> so, anyway, so... so um. Not not because not because he's weak. It's just a pretty hefty laptop. I just want to make that clear. Anyway, sorry, keep I was going. Talking about it more like in terms of my conscience, I couldn't. Oh I yeah, like per- you need it. I couldn't hear it. <laughs> it's like you could throw it as far as you could throw your own beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah so so um, Louise saw this this video of Karen Carpenter uh, singing "Ticket to Ride" by the Beatles. Once again, it's a it's kind of a they kind of slow it down from the even though the Beatles one isn't exactly zipping along, but they slow it down even more and make it kind of into a ballad version of of uh, ticket to ride and it's pretty beautiful and of course she has a lovely voice and so then louise asked for for me for um my own uh my own kind of five maybe top five unusual covers of Beatles songs and so i chose five songs that are kind of fall outside of what everyone knows you know like so there's no aerosmith doing uh whatever the heck they did in sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band the bg's film there's no uh whoa playing the drums over there there's no um just just trying to bring out my inner uh <laughs> Ringo? Ringo, I guess I could I was trying to remember the name of the guy from the the monkeys. Oh Mickey Rodney Dolan. McDowell. <laughs> Rodney McDowell. <laughs> Rodney Mc Mc Rodney McDowellins. That's him, right? Yes. He, he played a monkey in Planet of the Apes. Like, That's the same as being in the monkeys, isn't it? They're yes. both monkey based <laughs> media. It's all kind of the same. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is this guy wearing a red shirt? Why is he wearing a four-button red shirt? Driving in a monkey mobile. <laughs> Why are all those teenage girls running after him? <laughs> shouldn't, he be, shouldn't he be in a band called the the Humans? <laughs> Two ends. Okay, quit laughing. So yeah, the first band we're gonna hear is a band called the Post. Uh, Pozo, Poco Seizo Singers. I want to call them the Pozo. The Poco... No, I think it's Pozo Seiko Singers. I'm getting everything all mixed up here. The Poco... Sorry, let me say that again. Pozo 
Seiko singers who uh, had a couple of Pozo Seiko. Yes, they had a couple of songs in the uh, a couple of hits in the sixties. One was "Can I." Can I make it with you or something like that? And but this is from their last album, which is called "Spend Some Time with Me," and it has a wonderful cover of them sitting on the steps. The two, the two last remaining members of the band. They originally started as a trio, and then there was two left. One, one of the singers was Don Williams, who went on to have a pretty substantial country music career. He had oh, mom's favorite. Yes, my imaginary mother's favorite. <laughs> one of her favorites, and he had like yeah, he had quite a few hits. He's a he's in the country music country music hall of fame. But before that time, he was in this folk kind of folk group uh, that would have kind of come out of like a similar similar sensibility to Simon and Garfunkel in a way, and uh, or in any other kind of folk oriented band at that time. And but they did this one final album called "Make Some Time" or sorry, "Spend Some Time with Me." And they did this beautiful medley of of uh, straw, it's called Strawberry Fields Forever slash something. And so they take they've taken Strawberry Fields Forever and and mix it with something. They make a kind of one song out of them, and it's quite beautiful. So I don't think you've ever heard it. So I'm going to play it for you now. I've not heard it. Let me take you something in the way she moves, cause I'm going. Affects me like no other And nothing is real I don't want to leave her now And nothing to get up about You know I believe in how Strawberry feels forever Asking me, will our love grow? I don't know.
Oh, so there you go, Mary. What do you think of that? That was uh, the Pozo. I keep wanting to say yes. I keep wanting to say it the wrong way around, but it's. Cause I want to say poco, which means little in Spanish, instead of pozo, which I, I don't know if it has any meaning at all. The Pozo Seco Singers uh, with Don Williams and another singer whose name I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Hmm. What do you think of that song? Slacking. <laughs> um, it was really nice. It was yeah. it was a good cover. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I like how I like the, how they trade. Like they're both singing their own song. What the uh, he's singing? Don Williams is singing. Um, is singing the uh, Strawberry Fields. Oh, sorry, Don Williams is singing something, and she's singing Strawberry Fields Forever. And then near the end of the song, they switch. So then she's singing something, and he's singing Strawberry Fields Forever, which is uh, mm-hmm. interesting. And I didn't realize it until I was. Uh, I was looking up, reading about the album, spent some time with me. Uh, not that there's much information about it. I should have gone and got my own record I have sitting in the house and looked at the back of it. But um, the uh, this actually was a bit of a, a little bit of a hit. It was a bump, bubbling under hit, so it didn't quite get into the top 100, but it did. It did at some point have some popularity somewhere enough that it was a, a hit. But I'd never heard it until I got the album. Uh, I bought it a long time ago at uh, Salvation Army. Which album is that? Spend some time with me. By by uh, the Pozo Seco singers on Centron Records. They were signed to Columbia, but they left Columbia because Columbia was, they felt Columbia wasn't promoting them enough. And then they uh, went released that album on a smaller label, and it didn't do very well. Partly because they're probably partly because they're on a smaller label, but also because uh, album was released and it coincided with the Kent State shootings, which uh, kind of took the uh, wind out of the progressive oops, progressive sales. <laughs> I should move you back from the mic there about 400 feet. No, 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 don't, don't do that. Now you're smashing into things. <laughs> Careful, we live, we're in a confined space here because I'm in jail. So well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope other people enjoyed that too. So the next song that I chose. I mean, it's funny because it's true. That I'm in jail. <laughs> the, uh, other, other song I chose, the next song I chose was a song by, uh, actually by a listener who, who had sent, listened, he was a listener to Completely Beatles, which he enjoyed enough that he, he sent me a CD as a way of thank you for the show. And it was a CD of his own covers of Beatles songs on acoustic guitar that was called, uh, Four on Six. The four being the Beatles, the six being the six strings of your acoustic guitar. And he did these wonderful, uh, arrangements on, for acoustic guitar of a bunch of Beatles songs. And they're all quite interesting, but my favorite one is Things We Said Today, which I like a lot because he's sort of taken the song and made it its own sort of thing by by adding this kind of bluesy shuffle to it. That might be in the song, I, I don't know, but Bob heard it anyway, and he sort of has drawn that out of it and accentuated it in his version. And I think it's quite interesting, and, and it's kind of a fun, a fun, jaunty version. And we might as well have an instrumental. You know, when I used to make mixtapes, I always thought it was important that you have at least one instrumental on each mixtape. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, I always like to do that, just to add a little bit of... And people, you know, it was the time when instrumentals like were big hits, and they're not so much anymore, I think because dancing is sort of... I mean, there are like people, dance People hits. like to sing. People do like to sing, but I think it's also, you know, as, as music is fragmented, we don't really have like a... You know, we have like music that's specific music for dancing to. And in that music, you'll find a lot of instrumentals. Yes. But in music like, that people listen to in their cars and stuff like that, there's not much in the way of instrumentals anymore because, you know, we don't really think of that music as the like dance. Like, is Taylor Swift think, thought of it as like dance music, for instance? Yes. She is? Shake it off. Well, shake off what? 
It's one of her songs. I have something on me? It's called Shake It Off. It's actually what? the only one that I could think of off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure... It's a dance song? Sounding. It sounds like it. Okay. Shake It Off. It sounds like shaking, shaking. I think it's more a lyrical dancing. thing, isn't it? Like, you're supposed to, like, like, like get over things. Oh. It's sort of, it's sort of her generation's Let It Go. <laughs> Do... I have to ask, do six-year-olds have a lot of things that they need to get over? Do they have... Are their lives really that hard? I know that they cry a lot, but, like, come on. You don't know. You don't know I used to I used to care for some kids, and really the biggest problems in their lives were I wasn't giving them candy all the time. Literally all the time. That was their problem. I wouldn't let them play on their iPads all day long. Yeah. Yes. Those are the two biggest problems. <laughs> they didn't get all the bad things that they wanted all the time. <laughs> all right. So let's listen to Things We Said Today by Bob Evans. Here we go.
there you go. That's that's Bob Evans' version of Things We Said Today, uh, a Beatles song from A Hard Day's Night, the second side of A Hard Day's Night. So it wasn't in the movie, but it was on the album A Hard Day's Night, uh, the first Beatles album that contained all original Beatles songs. What do you think of that? A different version of the song, wasn't it? Yeah, I really liked it. It was yeah. it was very interesting. Yeah. Like, um, I re- I just really liked what he did with it. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought that that was cool. Just sort of like brought out this sound that you don't really hear yeah, yeah. that much in the song or in the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I liked it because, yeah, obviously the Beatles had blue, uh, sort of a blues influence. I don't think they were as, uh, sort of a blues fan band to say the Rolling Stones were, for instance. But I think that they liked, you know, they obviously loved R&B music and stuff like that that had one foot in the blues. And uh, it's an interesting take on the song and kind of yeah with that bringing that kind of shuffle version and stuff like that and and part of this was part of this exercise because what louise asked for was unusual beatles covers and so i wanted good songs but also songs that kind of had their own element to them so that's why i chose that song. that's why i chose all these songs all these songs are something slightly different than you would find on just your run-of-the-mill you know i'm going to do like fats domino's version of lady madonna it's a very good song but it really Lady Madonna by the Beatles is basically the Beatles doing Fats Domino. And so Fats Domino doing Fats Domino <laughs> again by covering Lady Madonna is kind of, it's unusual, I guess. I think, you know, I could have, I could have chosen Bing Crosby doing Hey Jude, but that's this goofy stuff, right? And that's, you know, it's not really like, hey, listen to how great this is. It's Bing Crosby doing a song completely unsuited to him. <laughs> but anyway, Hey Jude. All right, so the next song is, uh, this is a Harry Nilsson song I chose uh, from his very first, or not his first album, but it's the first album I ever got by him, which is called uh, Pandemonium Shadow Show. Um, and uh, I think it's the second album. And this and on this album, he actually had two Beatles covers. One is She's Leaving Home, which is a very beautiful version of the song. And the second is this interesting take on You, you Can't Do That, which, uh, gee, is that also on Hard Day's Night? I think it is also on a hard day's night. Oh, it's a real hard day's night centered uh, thing so far. Not really. Hmm, but just anyway. showing your bias, Dad. Just showing my bias. And then, um, yeah, so he's saying the song, but he's done a kind of interesting thing where he's he's taken a whole bunch of Beatles lyrics and, and combined them into one song. And so you can hear him switching from song to song and combining it all into this one little package. It's quite neat. And it took, probably took a little bit of time for Nielsen, but apparently he was a math genius. So I don't think anything is, is beyond a math genius because I can't do any math. So I just assume someone who can is, 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 can, is perfect practically. I wonder how often being a math genius comes in handy when you're doing music. Because sometimes in university, I would have to take a math course and yeah. they would recommend to me a music-based math course, to which I said no, because I don't know how to read music. Oh, okay. And also, I'm not very good at math, so that just sounds like my personal hell. But I can see for how uh, I can see how for some people who mm-hmm. do really like music yeah. and would be able to think more about math in that way, it could yeah. work for them. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder because I mean, besides counting, counting bars. And the notes within the bars, I don't really know. And I just want to say, I'm a pretty good counter. Yeah. Like, I can count up to, you like, can at argue. least 20. Oh, wow. So. I thought you said, I thought you were going to say that you had a, always had a good counter argument to what people said. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I know. You're my daughter. <laughs> I'm also really good at playing crib, so counting up to 21, <laughs> no, 31 is like, whew. This, this was also the album that sort of introduced Nielsen to the Beatles, because uh, their former press officer, or press, press guy, uh, Derek Taylor was then working in L.A. Uh, 
and he's had such clients as the Beach Boys and, and the Birds and whatnot, but he also uh, represented Nilsson, and he made a point of sending Pandemonium Shadow Show to the Beatles, because he knew, above all, that they would love to hear someone else doing their music back to them, because, uh, you know, what else? what's more pleasing to you <laughs> as an artist than someone else uh, covering your songs? And uh, so, yeah, they... And so, a couple times that year, when they were asked who their favorite band was, they said Nilsson, although he's not a band, he's a single person. But uh, and then later on, uh, John Lennon and he got incredibly drunk together for about six months, and uh, they did an album called called Pussycats, which is not a great album, but it's interesting. Uh, what's interesting about the album actually is that when it was when they first recorded it, Nelson sounds like hell; his voice was completely damaged. And then when they had to do some later uh, later redubs or re recordings of songs, his voice has got back its kind of sweet quality again, and it sounds a lot better. But uh, it's not a successful album. But anyway. Enough of my album reviews. Let's listen to You Can't Do That. My babe, don't buy me presents. How can you laugh when you know I'm down? Beep, 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 yeah. I got something to say that might cause you pain. If I catch you talking to that boy again, gonna let you. I told you There you go. What do you think of that? It was pretty cool. That's kind of neat. And I think I, I counted. Uh, there's it kind of a little hard with the backing vocals doing separate songs, but I counted 15 different, th 15 songs in there, including "You Can't Do That." Hmm. So that's kind of fun. Kind of a fun melange of songs there, a song melange as it's called. Yeah, I mean, for me, I noticed maybe four of those. Yeah. So I think that if you're not as big a Beatles fan as my dad is, which is maybe kind of a high. high Hard bar to, 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 to reach. Um, you might not notice it has many. Yeah. Maybe more closer to the number four than the number 15, but oh. still still a cool song. 
yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I think it would have been an interesting thing to arrange and, and adapt all those songs together. Kind of like doing um, with the Pozo Seiko singers doing uh, Strawberry Fields and something together, where you're you're not just doing a medley. You're almost you're creating a new a new thing entirely because you're interweaving the songs, and so you're having to almost write new music in a way for it as well to connect these two songs together. You're trying to, you know, and maybe they noticed um, maybe they noticed. Uh, a similarity between the two between the two songs that's often the case i know um yeah i mean some it, songs share a share a similar you know chord root or whatever or root chord i should say that makes it easy to, to you know put them together what are you gonna say yeah oh i was just gonna say it feels more like like a homage than a cover yeah that's right it's yeah. sort of a sort of an homage yeah an homage a, a is a melange homage <laughs> i guess i guess so <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about that song by oh shoot what's that band Blamange no. the 80s band <laughs> it is a a Blamange homage melange <laughs> no 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 that band that does that song where they just list all of the words that are French words that we use mm, in the English. monochrome set yes the monochrome set the song RSVP uh, RSVP that's yeah. right yeah off the <laughs> album Love Zombies yeah it's, it's a, a good it's a good, good band good good band great band we're not talking about them, though, Mary. Quit bringing up things that we're not talking about. We're talking oh, about blamage. Bl- <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's the best really talking about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're making that up. Blamage? No, they're a real band. No, they're not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No a, way. I have a record inside uh-huh. that I bought when sure. I was young and impressionable. I didn't didn't know that synthesized me that wasn't as good as I thought it was. <laughs> this will be great. Oh, it's not. This is okay. Um, let's go south. Let's, sure, let's I, go, I enjoy the south. Let's go deep south, deeper than deep south. Let's go so south that Florida? we're almost... Nope. Oh, not that south. No, even more south. Oh, like Puerto Rico? More south. Mm, like like Mexico? <laughs> no, more <laughs> south than that. I think they were the same. I was thinking, I was like, I think <laughs> Mexico is points that are more southern than Puerto Rico. You just went right? sideways. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> let's go... Okay, more south, uh, Brazil. Brazil, yes. Wow, ah, how do I know? You know how much I love Wait, Brazilian music. can I guess? I think I might know this one. Oh, okay. Who is it? Um, it's it's a long way by Catana Veloso. Oh, that would be good. It's not though, because I didn't what? think. Well, it does. It mentions a Beatles song, but it doesn't play the Beatles song. Wow, oh, all right. So that's a little different. But that's a okay. great song. It you, is. You, no kidding there. I would have. I thought about it. Mm, yeah. But I thought, oh, I can't. I can't. I can't justify it because it just right. mentions the song and and mentions long. Maybe we'll do uh, an honorable an honorable mention for Catena Veloso's It's a Long Way, which is a very good song. Well, I could maybe be bubbling under at number six. I, I could be convinced to put that on, too. But do people want to hear it? That's a question. What do you, what do you yes. think? Do you want to, yes, they do. Yeah, it's Catena Veloso's It's a Long Way. It's a great it's song. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, it is good. You're right. You're right, dear. When you're right, you're right. Then this is true. This is Rita Lee. Oh, who, uh, I, you love, also, I love Rita Lee. You also love Rita Lee, yes. And uh, she, of course, was in Osmatanches, oh, the Brazilian uh, rock band that um, that were kind of the clowns of Tropicalia, as they were called. The serious musicians of Tropicalia, like Catano Veloso and Gilberto Gil, they're the ones that got kicked off, kicked out of Brazil, and sent into ex- painful exile, prison and exile, and then... Uh, Osmatanches just did songs... <laughs> Called Panaceus e Circenses. Yes, that's right. Uh, just sort of poking fun at the whole regime that's without right. really getting in trouble for it, I guess. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Using the the song begins with the, with the theme from the Daily News, the Daily News program of that time, 
you know, so it's basically just saying the news was the bread and circuses for the for the people who are living through a military regime. But yes, they were not kicked out of the country. But neither was Gal Costa, who was also doing incredibly experimental music and very pointed, uh, with very pointed topical material. And somehow she escaped the the boot of the military junta, mm-hmm. and uh, she she was like a lone voice, uh, practically, uh, you know, singing that stuff. Harder or, to catch. <laughs> she was a slippery one. And that she's one person rather than a whole band. No, but it's, it's hard to move a whole band very quickly. They have a lot of drums and we, stuff. Caetano Veloso and Tipper Jones. Comedically the trip that... over them. <laughs> Although this isn't very funny to talk about. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have fun with people who are hurt by uh, horrible regimes. But anyway, Rita Lee uh, left. Well, she was actually kicked out of Osmotanches um, by. Her ex-boyfriend in the band. I wonder why she got kicked out of the band. Can you can you imagine? Hmm, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because she wanted to play Mellotron in their songs. Oh, not not related to the ex-boyfriend thing, huh? No, this no. Is, it's about the Mellotron. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You don't understand music, Mary. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but she went on to a very successful career after after that. She uh, was in a band called Tutti Frutti, Rita Lee and Tutti Frutti. She did some great songs. Yes. Toke for one. Yes. That's a great it's song. It's a classic. It's in my top ten. <laughs> And Ovelier Negra, uh, Doce Vampiro is also very good, and uh, lots of good songs, lots of good songs from her. And uh, oh, what's that one? Yo no, ke- no, no, yo no, yo no, so, uh, yo no Oh yeah, Bupa, pero que yes, dot, the dot, dot. one with the really long name. Yeah, and I yeah. always say that one with the long name. That's I a don't good speak song. Portuguese. Unfortunately. That's a Spanish title, but it's not, I'm, not it? a, I'm not afraid oh. of witches, but. Dot, 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 leaving you to wonder what. I'm not afraid of witches, but... Because bruja is one of the words that I know in Spanish because of the Love and Rockets comic, which often mentioned witches. And if there's two witches, it's a bruhaha. I don't think that's right. (laughs) Uh, So, really did a a covers album of Beatles songs called Bossa Beatles. There's an N in there to apply that the word end is there, but it left out Boston and Beatles. Mm. Bossa and Beatles. And, uh. I'm sorry, Bossa? Bossa, like Bossa Nova. Okay. And then N. As in and. As in and. And then Beatles. As in the band of the Beatles that no, we were talking insects. about. No, the insects. It's actually just two E's. It's oh, <laughs> so a tribute, just... tribute to insects. <laughs> Coincidentally, there's a Beatles song on it. <laughs> so, uh, here. We'll play, we'll Dad, play really. Yes. You're the worst. <laughs> you laughed. That makes me the worst. So, um,. We'll play uh, Rita Lee. Uh, this is Minha Vida in my life. In, uh, in my life in Portuguese. Here we go. Tem lugares que me lembram minha vida. Por onde andei, as histórias, os caminhos. O destino que eu mudei Cenas do meu filme em branco e preto Que o vento levou e o tempo traz Entre todos os amores e amigos de você Me lembro mais Pessoas que a gente 
Não esquece nem se esquecer O primeiro namorado Uma estrela da TV Personagens do meu livro de memórias Que um dia rasguei do meu cartaz Entre todas as novelas e romances De você me lembro mais That was uh, a, a Brazilian version of the Beatles uh, in my life, sung in a lovely manner by the lovely Rita Lee. Yes, it was a very lovely song. <laughs> Probably, de- or sorry, definitely not my favorite by her, though. Oh, no. I think that her originals are much, much better. That is a very <laughs> nice song. <laughs> well, she, lo- she loves the Beatles, though. The Beatles were a huge influence on the Tropicalia bands of the 60s, you know, that, and especially because... The music scene at that time was amazingly restrictive, and not just because... It wasn't even because of the right-wing military junta. It was actually the left-wing uh, left wing uh, folk, you know, sort of like... I wouldn't say folk, because when you play folk music, you're, you think, of course, American music, but the folk music of Brazil, which was like the samba and stuff like that. So these people were really hardcore about you playing music of a certain kind. And then all these fans wanted to play rock music inspired by the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. And they were like, no, you can't do that because that's not real music. Brazilian music is real music. you got to play the bossa nova and the samba. And they're like, no, we're going to play rock and roll. And they're like, no, you're not. That was my performance. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I'll take my Oscar right now. <laughs> no, you're not playing that. <laughs> they missed me shaking my fist, but I really was doing that here. He sure was. Just to add to my emoting. <laughs> So we're emoting gonna... is in quotation marks. <laughs> you could not hear the the emotion in my voice, uh, the uh, suppressed laughter in my voice. <laughs> so we're gonna end uh, with a jazz version of the Beatles, mm. and this is by a group that uh, played in Seattle called the Overton Berry Trio, and I never knew about them until uh, this uh, label that actually is based in in Seattle called Light in the Attic Records. Uh, they're the ones who reissued. They're the ones who reissued all the um, the uh, free design albums. Hmm. Came out on late, late in the attic, so they have a place in my heart for releasing all the great those great free design albums. And uh, oh man, I just thought the free design did some Beatles covers too. Too late. Huh. Shoot. Anyway, they're interesting too because they're they're these really cool, um, you know, harmonic, harmonically interesting songs because they sang as a family. A really great, rich. Uh, um, you know, rich um, harmony, harmony style it was very interesting, sort of jazz influenced. But anyway, there's a different jazz group, uh, and they do this great version of Hey Jude. And you know, like any jazz song, it'll have hints of the song in it, and then we'll have these great 
uh, elements that you know the jazz, the, the 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 of the improvisational elements of jazz, and I really like this group. Uh, the bass player plays a, a fantastic riff that is just his own creation. It has nothing to do with Hey Jude, I don't think. And then the, the piano player does these great sort of block chords in the song where he really kind of brings out this kind of almost funky, jazzy element to it, and it's really quite good. And then add to that the fact that you can hear like an entire room full of people ignoring them in the background. It's really great. So let's uh, play the Ortonberry Trio and uh, Hey Jude. Thank you. 
So there you go. Well, you told me something interesting while we were listening to it, which was... Oh, yeah, maybe I should have saved that for the recording. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I was just saying that I uh, I actually know this song. Yeah. Because when I was in grade nine, I was listening to my iPod in math class, and this song came on. And yeah. I was like, what is this? And I was like, this is really good. And then I was like, is this the Beatles? I feel like I recognize this song. And I had heard Hey Jude before. Definitely from my dad, and also in the movie The Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. So I recognized it from those instances, but knew that this was not the same one because mm-hmm. of the lack of vocals. Yeah. It's kind of a big, big part of it. I don't know if the Royal Tenenbaums one has vocals in it, does it? Or it has a choir singing the kind of the la-la-la part of it, is it? Uh, I don't know. Gee, it's hard to remember now. It's been a while since I watched that movie because yeah. someone lost the film. I'm not looking at you to, to accuse you of losing the film. I don't think it was me. No, no, I'm not, I don't think it was you. I'm I know pretty who, sure it was you. No, no, I did not lose the film. Oh, sure. I know who it was. Was it Mom? I'm not saying any was names. Was it Eve? I'm not saying any names, but I know who it was. Was it Mom? They know they're guilty. It was Mom. They can pretend they don't know, but they know. It was Mom. You guys. <laughs> Mom's going to listen to this show, so... Shush. Oh, sorry. It was Eve. Yeah, Eve's Eve. not going to listen. <laughs> we know Eve will never listen to this show. <laughs> it was all Eve. She took it and threw it in a lake. So that was the final Classic. song. That was the final song of that. She but- was like, I was traumatized by this movie when I was a child because <laughs> there's a naked woman in it. Is there? There is a scene where there's a poster of a naked woman uh-huh. on a wall. Yeah. I remember being a kid watching it and being like, am I allowed to see that? Sure. So it's an eventuality for you? I guess so. Might, you might as well get, get ready for it. Also, yeah. Sooner this will be you. You'll have boobs. <laughs> it's just, it's the equivalent of those health class things where they come in and they're like, your body is changing. It's better though, because it's not trying to terrify you. Yes. Of, so, so like, your body's going to change. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> Everything's going to be the worst for 10 years. It's like when, when, you get, when your wife gets pregnant and they bring over a video to your house to show you how terrible pregnancy is. Are you ready for this? Sucker! What were you thinking, idiot? <laughs> this is what you're in for. It's crying and sweat and tears and blood. Are you ready for this? And poop. And poo. And people crying and screaming and sweating and their hair stick their hair is stuck to their face. Are you ready for this? And their belly gets all ugly. Blah <laughs> You're like, why why am I watching this? It's like they're trying to talk you out of it. There's no... You should have shown this to me before. That's right. Why did you you tell me this before, you idiots? There's nothing I can do about it now. We're already there. It's like like in the hospital having a terrible car accident. They come in to show you this movie about how terrible car accidents are. And look what happens. Blood all over the highway. Car crashes. Steel stuck to people. It's weird. Now I feel like watching the movie crash. Um, It's... uh, that song is, I think that song is really great. I really love how they, uh, I love the bass playing, and I like how he does this sort of combination of chord, he plays chords, and he, he plays like, you know, just finger, you know, finger, fingering the chords or whatever. Plays uh, the straight notes, and then also does chords, and then, uh, and the piano player is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun, tune, tuneful song. I mean, Hey Jude is a great song. You can't, you can't deny it. It is, yeah. You can't yeah. deny it. So it's pretty hard, it's pretty hard to mess it up, but I'm sure people have messed it up. I'm sure if you wanted to, you could do like a... Yes, an example of it is my grade 9 teacher for- forcing a class of grade 9 students to listen to Beatles songs. People were like, this is not the this is not the time to make us, to tell us, you should really appreciate the Beatles. They were great. I'm going to make you listen to it and then answer questions about the songs. Really? That's not going to make people appreciate the Beatles. No. You monster. What are you doing? <laughs> Whenever I listen to Eleanor Rigby, I just think about all the significance of the different words and the rhyme schemes. Oh, I don't care about that. Oh, man. You, you rebel. 
I'm gonna find uh, the next. I'm gonna. Uh, I think I've why gone through this. Why is it not in order? I've gone through this three times. Well, because I was. I don't know why it's not in order. Why don't you put numbers on your pages, Dad? Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. You can just do that. Yeah, yeah, no, word. I know. You can just press a button that uh, says well, order all the pages. I never liked it. Put numbers in the pages. I guess I could have done that. Oh, wait, where did the? Oh, it's right here. So I can find it. <laughs> okay. All right. Next on our on our list of is a uh, top five. Top five. Here it is for the American top five Canadian music artists and their best song. Nice. This was a question from Greg Lomo. That's how I'm going to say his name. I know. Until he writes me and tells me that I'm wrong. I know at least two of them. You know at least two of my songs that I chose? No, of the artists. Oh, the artists. The songs I can guess at. Yeah. Maybe, but the artists I'm positive of. Okay. Okay. So would would one of the would okay? Let me ask you this way because mm-hmm. I want to do the order I chose them because okay. I mix them in a certain way to make them flow flow according sure, to my idea sure. of how they should flow. So um, it was one of the artists' names start with an S. Yes, and did we recently see them in Seattle? We recently saw them in a town that starts with S. Sloan. Sloan is correct. Yes, you're right. I or should I say, what is Sloan? What is Sloan? <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, Sloan. And I How much ch- money do I get for that? What song do you think I chose? There's a lot of songs. I know. I love so many of their songs. See, Local Rabbits, I think is probably maybe later. And they're easy because they have three albums, and I know Dad's favorite song of theirs. <laughs> so it's like, you know, yeah. Do you? But, yes. Mm. But um, Sloan, they have like twelve. I'm not sure. What was that last album called? I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was was 12. 12. Yeah, I think it was called 12. (laughs) They have 12 albums, and each of those albums has many songs on it. Yeah, they're all great. I don't know. Yeah. Is it? No, I'm I'm not even going to guess. Okay, I'm going to tell you. It's... it's Wait, wait. Tell me what album. It's Navy Blues. Oof. Is it Money City Maniacs? No. Oh. I do like that song. Yeah, it's a good one. Is it... But it's the first song on the album. Oh. It starts off with some coughing. You know, what just, in the world? just a just a quick little uh, yeah. just a quick little anecdote about this this album. I used to have it in the car yeah. when I was uh, I worked taking care of some kids. Yes, and often the little girl who was three would request, "Can we hear the Come On, Come On" song?" Yeah, yeah, which was pretty adorable. You used to, you used to, when we were listening to that song in the car one day when you were little, and you said, "That's mean," and we said, "That what what's that?" They're gonna kill the baby lion. <laughs> she said, "No, dear, that's that's not what they're saying." They're saying cure the brokenhearted. Yes. Very different. Very different indeed. <laughs> but it was so cute. Children mishearing things is, is always cute. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the song I chose either, though Come On, Come On is a great song. Yes, no, I know. It's a really good album. album. This is um, this is kind of like, okay, so we'll look at Sloan's career just a little. So they did Smeared, and that was, you know, kind of okay. They did okay with that album. Could you say that you were underwhelmed by the album? I was a little... <laughs> Because Underwhelmed is, is the it? single from that album that is and it's true. definitely the standout song from the whole album. You think it's a bit of an underwhelming album? I think so, but I do really like the song Underwhelmed. Yeah, I was just song. making a joke about okay. the oh, okay. song Underwhelmed. You, ins- you insulted all of Sloan. Um, I'm not insulting all of Sloan. I'm saying that there's... <laughs> I mean, the album is... You know, it's the first album. Yeah. They yeah. got a really good single song out of it. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. What more do you want? 500 Up is pretty good, too. Uh, oh yeah, no, that one's good too. Yeah, there's some okay songs, but yeah, it's not as good as the next album, which was twice removed. Yes, that's the album that got them kicked off of Geffen. Really, they, they made a great album. And Geffen said, "We don't want a great album. We wanted a grunge album." And so mm-hmm. they they kicked them off the label and didn't even promote the album. The idiots, and so that kind of broke up Sloan for a while. They were apart for about a year, and still friends with each other, but just felt like the band had lost its chance. And then they decided that they were going to do another album, and so they recorded um, one chord to another. 
which was kind of interesting because they did it really kind of on the sly and on the cheap. For instance, all the drum tracks were recorded on a cassette hmm. tape. Uh, they just they convinced Andrew Scott to that he could pl- should play drums on the album, which he wasn't interested in doing at all. And he said okay, and so they just recorded all his drum tracks onto a onto a cassette. Uh, and a cassette recorder, and then use those as the basis for all the all the song the recordings they did in the studio. But they never recorded the drums in the studio; they're all recorded just him as, as much as they could. So anyway, so um, but that's not the album I'm choosing choosing either. But that was kind of the start. Like so, once Twice Removed came out, that got them some attention in Canada. People of the Sky and uh, Coax Me were hmm. were hit songs. Both very good songs. Pen Pals was great. Yes. Um, Wait, what? Pen Pals was on their third album. Second album. I'm talking about Twice Removed. Penthouse is on their second album? Yeah. yeah. I thought that it was all from, um, I thought that that was written all from letters written into the band. Yeah. They got that many, like, yeah. fan letters from their first album? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was a popular album. Huh. <laughs> no, but, I'm not saying, I'm just, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just surprising. Well, Sloan is a sort of band that, that, uh, even though they're not, like, a super well-known band outside of Canada in particular, uh, like, when we were in Seattle, there's, you know, they have bands who are, fans who are devoted to them, because they have that kind of devotion you get from from people who feel like they know something that other people don't know. Mm. You know, I know something really great that you don't, and they're called Sloan. And if you knew how good they were, you'd love them. The problem with that kind of person, though, is once everyone loves them, they don't love them anymore. I'm speaking about me as I'm the problem with that kind of person. Mm, true. Because once, once something is really popular, I feel like I no longer have to support it with the fervor I once did, because everyone else is carrying the load for me. I don't need to <laughs> carry on with this. Um, Which is why Dad is no longer a big fan of the Tragically Hip, who he used to love. Well, actually, I became a fan of the Tragically Hip Strangely enough, like, they're already super popular. The reason I didn't like them was because they were super popular, and my annoying next-door neighbor to our townhouse would always play them really loudly in his backyard. So, I don't know, I just associated Chetley Hip with a jerk. <laughs> and I didn't like them for a long time. And then I heard a song by them on, on, on Definitely Not the Opera on, on uh, CBC Radio. And I was like, this song is great. What a, what a great song. And so that made me like two, two of their albums. Hmm. But after that, it was harder to keep it, keep it up. But I did like those two albums a lot. But anyway, so after uh, they did one chord for another, they were kind of really on the rise, and those were really popular albums. Mm-hmm. Like the, I remember, I remember seeing the release of of the the uh, video for, um, what's the first song that? What's the the hit? Those two songs from that that everyone loves. From which one? From a, uh, one chord from one chord to another. Um, there's uh, shoot the same in it. Uh, you see the same in everyone. Is that what it's called? Something. Uh, uh, oh, um, the best in everyone. The something in no, everyone. It's, the good it's, in everyone. Yeah, you see the good in everyone. <laughs> That's what it is. Sorry, everyone. I'm losing my mind. I'm getting old, so I can't remember anything anymore. But, but yeah, the good in everyone. And the the video for that was basically a shot by shot remake of the beginning of Easy Rider, where they do the the drug exchange in front of a, of an airport runway. Uh, and so Sloan did that video. They redid it with them exchanging a guitar. Uh, but it was all done like kind of a shot-for-shot shot remake. I think I've seen that one on YouTube, but did not at the time understand. Yeah, you probably... I didn't know. I didn't see Nathan Ryder. I only knew because I saw uh, Chris Murphy introduce it, and he mentioned that's where they, what they did. And I went, oh, okay, well, let's see what this is. Oh, that's really cool. And then when I saw Easy Rider, I said, oh, they don't look as cool as Sloan did in their, in their version of it. <laughs> so, that's... Uh, David Dedrick says, <laughs> guitars are cooler than drugs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so... Say, say, that, say no to my, drugs, say yes to guitars. And then when uh, Navy Blues came out, this is when Sloan were like like top of the pops in Canada. Like They got like an hour and a half show of their own on Much Music, the video station here in Canada. And like they like played the whole album and they had this huge group group of fans there to see them and ask questions. And the people outside pounded on the glass and everyone was loving it. And they were so great. 
And then, uh, and they had a song on there, Money City Maniacs, which is like, you know, like hockey arena fodder to this day. Uh, it was used in TV commercials and stuff. So that's been a real money spinner for the band. Yeah, I mean, that one, even if you play, if you play that song for someone in Canada who has not heard of Sloan, they will know that song. Like, oh! It's just impossible for someone in Canada to not have heard that song. Yeah, yeah, it's used everywhere. And the interesting thing about Sloan and the reason they've lasted so long uh, as a band uh, is that they they share all the royalties. So all four of them are songwriters. All four of them sing songs and and play instruments on the albums, but they don't just get uh, the credits for or, and royalties for their own songs. They they share the royalties to get amongst all of them, and that makes that helps them last a band last longer because then you don't build up resentment for this one guy who's racing around in in a in foreign convertibles while the rest of the band are driving driving a, a Datsun. That's how old, that's how old the car is. It's still a Datsun before they change the name to Nissan. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what a Datsun is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, back to uh, Navy Blues. So Navy Blues was a huge album. This is the the first song from the album, and I love this song. I think it has a a bad video for this song actually, hmm. which I it is an interesting video because they once again they remake a movie for it. They re they use uh, they reshoot scenes from a, a British film called Privilege that starred um, John Paul Jones, who was originally the lead singer for Manfred Mann. And, but I think they should have had like a black and white video shot in a club with everyone, with a lot of light and everyone jumping around to the song and a lot of like sweat flying in the air and being kind of, you could kind of see it in the lights and stuff like that and the, with a lot of flair and everything. I think that's what made the song even cooler. Mm. But let's listen to the song and, and you can picture in your mind that video I just suggested and, and see if you think it would be kind of neat. And I'll play the song for you right now.
because she knows that song so well. I sure do. It's a great song. I would know all the lyrics if they weren't so incomprehensible <laughs> in the song. <laughs> well, if, if you look at the video, or not video, if you look at the CD that has the lyric sheet in it, you can read all the lyrics in that, on that album. That album is maybe a little long. That's my that's my review of that album, and it, it kind of loses its way partway through it. But the first five songs on that album are just so fantastic. So good, yeah. It's a, real, it's a real sock it to you uh, beginning to a record. And... Uh, and that song is so it's such a bouncy up and down song, and it kind of tells you why. Wait, what? I'm sorry. Hmm. Have we said the name of the song yet? Oh, maybe not. Because uh, it's she says what she means yeah, by she Sloan. Says, yeah, she says. But what I she don't think that we've said that. Yeah, I think we we're just talking around it, weren't we? Because I wanted you to guess it. <laughs> she says what she means by Sloan. That's right. And uh, it's the opening song to Navy Blues. Their their uh, fantastic album from I think '96. Yes. Is that right? Two years after I was born. Okay. Because. The one before that came out the year that I was born. Okay, one chord to another. Yeah. Yeah, we went and saw the Navy Blues tour at uh, was at the Croatian Cultural Center in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. A show you could have gone to because that was an all-ages show. Uh, with Probably. Ru- with Rufus Wainwright. Oh, really? Yeah, Rufus oh. and Martha Wainwright. And then I could have said that my first concert was one that I didn't even remember. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there was a guy who got kicked out for uh, trying to trying to bump, smash into people at the front of the stage. He just came bouncing down there. And, to Rufus Wainwright or to Sloan? Uh, to Sloan. Chris, Mur- <laughs> Chris Murphy had him kicked out. But doing that to Rufus Wainwright would be comedic. That would be good. April Fool's. Let's start a mosh pit. Rufus Wainwright is sort of happily droning along. It's peaceful. They had a grand piano for him, too. It's amazing. I was like, what? They're probably spending more money to transport his stuff for the show than theirs for their own. Um, so, yeah, that's... But, I mean, slow. Dad, you can't put a price on Canadian... Canadian talent. No. Canadianness. No. They're great. I mean, and to be fair, uh, Rufus's uh, record company is probably paying, underwriting a lot of the expenses for his tour. Because he just put that album on, and it was just kind of, just kind of like, starting to, to, to uh, be, get, gain interest. Which album? His first album, Rufus Wainwright. Mm. I think that's what it's called, isn't it? Rufus Wainwright? Yeah, I first think album? so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's called Rufus Wainwright's first album. I think it's just <laughs> called Rufus Wainwright. <laughs> Like, They're like, mm, it's a little on the nose, Rufus, don't you think? He's like, no, 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 it's great. It gets it gets across exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like his dad. I think his dad's first three albums were just called Rufus Wayne or L- Loudon Wainwright one, two, and three. So. Hmm. Not Loudon Wainwright's first, second, and third albums. No, but it would be good if it was Loudon Wainwright's the third, third. Cause he was <laughs> oh yeah, because he was a, the, the third. third yeah. Hmm. How come Rufus wasn't a Rufus? No, a Loudon Rain Wainwright. I the don't fourth. know. I think he. I think Loudon Wainwright's ego is so huge you couldn't stand the idea of there being another Loudon in the mm, world. I can see that. Yeah, he even he even resented the existence of John D. Loudermilk, the uh, blues guitarist. <laughs> it's too close to my name. He'd write him in letters. Please change it. <laughs> Dad, we're gonna get sued for making stuff up. <laughs> Did I? Did I make it up? All right, Mary, you're gonna, you have to guess the next one. 
It's not local rabbits. Oh, is it Rufus Wainwright? It's not Rufus, Rufus Wainwright, although I would have loved to put Rufus Wainwright in yeah. here. I do love him dearly. He's uh, great. This is basically, this list is basically what it popped in my head while I was driving to the show. <laughs> because I, I didn't have a lot of time to get ready for this stuff, and so I didn't think sit down and think about it yeah. as much as I should have. And my plan was to think about it at work. And did I? No. Hmm, classic. Uh, well, yeah. it's Destroyer, right? Oh, that would have been good, It's too. not Destroyer? No. You don't Destroyer? I don't. What? What's they thinking? <laughs> Throw it away. Start over. No Rufus Wainwright. No Destroyer. What is this? You better not have um, uh, the new pornographers on there. I don't. Good. If you don't have Rufus Wainwright, you can't have the. Or sorry, if you don't have Destroyer, you can't have the new pornographers. Shoot, what was I thinking? I should have. Oh my god! I don't know. Destroyer is really it? good. Maybe I'll do. An, maybe we'll do a six one. We'll do a yeah, Destroyer song at the end. For you this. should. Who is it? Uh, well, this band. You like this band, though. You like this song. Okay. You won't be mad at me when you hear this no, song. No, I'm sure. you're really mad at me right now, I can tell. <laughs> Not Destroyer? Come on! <laughs> uh, this band is from Quebec. Oh! No, no, wait. No, I don't know. They, they're, they're... Oh, no, wait. No, I do know. Okay, who is it? Who is it? <laughs> it's, um... Okay, it's not the Deers. They are from Quebec. Oh, I was thinking the Deers. It's, it's not, not the, the Deers? deers? No, the I don't deers. know. I would have put the Deers on there. Yeah, like it too. Well, they're pretty good. But no. It, this, this album is... It's a concept album. About spies. I don't know. It's by... It has a, a, a song on it for a spy, for an agent. I don't know. <laughs> the Baynard Lakes! Oh! Oh, for Agent 13? 13. 13? Yeah. yeah. Is that the song? Is yeah. it for Agent 13? Okay, nice. That's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. All right, let's play it. I All right. Know, I don't know if it's good as Destroyer, but... No, I don't think so. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. That's what I thought of when I I also don't it. know if it's as good as White's Only Party by the Deers, but that's all right. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Harsh. Yeah, well. It's good, though. You're opening yourself up to criticism by <laughs> posting a list like this, Dad. Because <laughs> I am. Here we go.
Well, I think that's a pretty uh, fantastic song. I just love, I love a song that starts small and then slowly o- over the over the length of the song adds more and more elements to it until you end with this big, huge part of the song. I mean, even throwing in a glockenspiel for the <laughs> for the end there, where you have all this guitar, mass guitar playing, and and you know the everything gets really heavy, and yet in in that there's this nice sound of the glockenspiel that just adds that little sweetness to everything that's happening. It's fantastic. And then his weird falsetto that he likes to sing in is also uh, interesting. Sort of Beach Boy is the element to it. Disaster is also a good song from that album. It is, yeah, yeah. You know, after hearing it again, I think I I think that actually it is better than White's Only Party by the Deers, which is a very good song. It is but a good song, yeah. I do I do also love a song that builds. Um, much the Beta Band does that a lot. Too. Sure, yeah, the Beta Band, yeah, that's uh, a good example. Especially the three EPs, mm-hmm. which somehow each song starts small and rises, and it also feels like the album. Yeah. Uh, as a whole does that too. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Like they got better and better as they went. Uh, um, and, yeah, it's interesting. Like that, he, rec- apparently he recorded that, uh, he worked at a studio, he owned a studio, a small studio, and he, in his, in the downtime, he would rec- make that, work on that album. Hmm. And he just, so he just layered a lot of guitars and, and created this really deep, uh, sound to it. And then, um, his wife, uh, the, the singer's name, the singer guitarist's name is Jace Lasek. And uh, J A C E, L A S E. Uh, sorry, L A S E K. And then his wife is her name is Olga Gorias, and uh, she plays bass and uh, and she plays the glockenspiel in that song. And they did both did a lot of keyboards and stuff on it as well. And he um, he uh, yeah, he just slowly kind of put that album together. I went and saw I saw them play play on the tour for that album. And they needed three guitarists on stage to reproduce the studio sound, and uh, it was quite—it was quite a good concert. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was really good. And I got to talk to him too. He was selling the CDs before the show, so I spoke to him for a little bit. He was a very nice person, but he's Canadian. So what do you expect? <laughs> That's why we're why we're honoring these great Canadian bands that people maybe never heard of. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, like I love Gordon Lightfoot. I, I do like the Tragically Hip. Uh, you know, the, those two albums are really great, good, and I like. Um, like you said, new pornographers and stuff. But I feel like those bands are kind of well-known. Maybe new pornog- pornographers, not quite as much as, say, Gordon Lightfoot yeah, or Yeah, but I mean, whatever, I think but... even in, like, sort of the indie scene, because a lot of people know um, Nico Case, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, a lot of people know her. Yeah. And so they will sort of, you know, come to new pornographers through her. Yeah. She's a new pornographer, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> so, speaking, like... speaking with such authority, <laughs> while I'm snickering I was to myself. like, I'm... Yeah, she pretty is. Sure, pretty yeah. sure. There's two singers and there's two female singers in New Pornographers now because Nico Case, because of her own so- successful solo career, can't always be there to honor hmm. New Pornographer commitments. So, so um, Carl Newman. And here's something I didn't know until Jason Dedrick, uh, Jason, my cousin, Jason Dedrick, and I, when he was on the show last time, when we were leaving the show, we were walking to to my to, to the truck, and uh, he he was talking, and he said he went to sc- high school with Carl Newman. And they were friends. <laughs> And he said, "Yeah, I remember when my friend taught him guitar chords because Carl didn't know any, didn't know how to play guitar." And but look at him now. This is just proof that all Canadians know each other. <laughs> You're just keeping those stereotypes up, Dad. That's <laughs> right. We have a clubhouse together. So, uh, Destroyer, our our Vancouver band. This is not Destroyer. This is a band who are called. Ooh, is it is it a little known Canadian band, Marianas Trench? It is not little known. Did you say little known Amer- American band? Mary no, Anne I said Canadian. Oh, Canadian band. Sorry. I think I did. Maybe American and Marianne is trenched. Confused no, maybe. In my mind. I think um, it's not Canadian. 
Yeah, I think he did. It was a joke because they're very well known. Oh, are they very well known? Yes. I don't know them. I saw them in concert yes. with mom when she was covering it for a uh, website that she wrote for for a little bit. Oh, that's right. Well, she, um, she founded. Yes, that she founded with her friend. Yeah. yeah and w- was writing for. Mm-hmm. And so my sister and I, I think, got out of school early yeah. to go and see this band perform in like 2006 in a very small little club. Club in Langley. In Langley yeah. and yeah. at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And... um. Yeah, and then a couple years later, I heard a song on the radio and was like, wow, that song sounds very familiar. <laughs> and it was, because I'd seen it in concert, and it was Shake Tramp by Mariana Strange. Okay. Which was, yeah, very, I don't, I don't know it. very popular. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, I think they, in 2012, played at the Peony. They have the same manager as Nickelback. Do they? Yeah. Canadians. Canadians. <laughs> but they're local as well. Same manager, or same record company as, um, as uh, that singer I like. From, from this area. Uh, Call Me Maybe? Oh, Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen. I didn't yeah. know that you like Carly Rae Jepsen. I like that song a lot. I think it's a great oh, song. Oh, hmm. yeah. you should listen to some of her other stuff. Okay. Another podcast that I listen to. The guy's very, a big fan of her. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I a school, high school friend of mine who plays guitar. He wrote, uh, co-wrote songs and played guitar on that album. Really? On that album, on our second album. Apparently well. she's very nice. Yeah, he says that as well. He says yeah. she's a really nice person. Hmm. Canadian. But any Canadians, <laughs> we all know each other. Uh, so <laughs> We all know each other and we're all very nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> we will uh, have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, though this band is not Mariana's Trench, although it does start with an M, so that was pretty good on you. Mm. It's a band called Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck. Uh, they were a hippie band from the 60s, the late yep. 60s. They performed around Vancouver. Uh, they uh, played at the all the hot spots of that time in Vancouver. I don't know what they were called. I don't know what any place was called at that time. They're all gone now, all those places, the yeah. Electric Eye or whatever it was called. There's, a lot, there's various places. If you talk to someone from that time period, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I went and saw so-and-so at the such-and-such, and this guy at the Carousel Arena, and this, that, you know. It's kind of small places. Carousel Arena is actually kind of big. It's a hockey arena, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, it's no Pacific Coliseum. Which is... But it's smaller. Uh, again, Canadian stereotypes. <laughs> yes, we do like hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck. And I would call... I've heard other songs by them, but none of their other songs are as great as this song. Because this song is so great. And the other problem with this song is that I found a compilation. And I was really excited. It was called... Something like... It has a weird title. Like, I am A-H apostrophe M on acid or something like that or it has a weird title like that mm, like trying to like sort of write um the way that like a redneck kind of person would yeah, say it, like someone, i'm on yeah someone's excited and they're like i'm on acid or whatever and so it has it had a version of one ring gene on i was like this is exciting i can have a version of this on cd and so i got it and it's a different version the sing- than the single version i don't know if it's an album ver- version that was remixed or they recorded it but in no way it is as great as the as the yellow label with the red squiggly lines on it uh, version that you would find oh so many copies of it around thrift stores in in Vancouver because it was such a popular record here so it's all you always find the forty fives but um, you don't see them as often now here it is Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck and the song One Ring Jane do you do you know do you know this song um I might when you start it but it's not ringing any bells but right now I think. The last time I heard it, when we were together, we were at Van- the Vancouver Museum for some kind of uh, a neon sign exhibit. Hmm. But they had a room that was like a, a, a mock-up of a hippie pad, a Vancouver hippie pad from the '60s. I vaguely remember this. And they had a phonograph player player in in the in the in this in this apartment, and it was playing One Ring Jane. And I was like, man, that is authentic, baby. <laughs> 
All right. You said, wow, that is, a, that is authentic to something I never experienced. <laughs> Here we go. One, One Ring Jane by uh, Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck, a name I feel like they invented to try and uh, trick disc jockeys into swearing on the radio. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of that? I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah it was, it's a very fun song. Yeah. You know, upbeat. 
Uh, very 60s. Very <laughs> 60s. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with that. No, you know? I, that's what I, I love. I love 60s music. And I, as you know, I'm a big fan of uh, two guitars playing. I love when two guitar players play simultaneously and, and play a, a sort of inter... It, it kind of interweave their their guitars together in a song. I was I was like that. I was regret it when I see like two really good guitar players. One plays rhythm, one plays lead, and then they don't they don't kind of play with each other and and, and let the let the lines kind of flow and stuff like that. And come on, a little little jazz into your music too. That's that's always good too. In the sixties, believe it or not, one of the one of the main one of the big game changers in the sound of guitars in the sixties were when bands like the Birds started to introduce. Uh, the kind of raga sounds and the modal sounds of like John Coltrane in, into rock music. Like when you hear a song like Five Miles High, where it starts off with that, you know, five, five miles, you know, five, or sorry, eight miles high, I should say, five mm. miles high. Five miles high, of course, is the, the first song and then did eight miles high three songs later. That sounds right. <laughs> but anyway. Six and seven miles high, of yeah. course, being in, in between, in between those, those two. two. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, no, eight miles high and it starts off with this, um, this great, almost like, feels like a random guitar solo, but it's not. It's playing this really intricate part, but it's really exciting. And I think that really kind of grew. And of course, as the 60s went on, you know, if you listen to someone who's a really good guitar player like George Harrison in the early 60s, you listen to that now and you kind of go, well, he's playing a pretty basic guitar part, you know, like pretty simple stuff going on there. I mean, it's so complicated. If you try to do it, it's still very complicated. It's deceptively simple. But... Guitar playing certainly got much more elaborate as the '60s went on because people were building on what others when others did before them, right? Uh, what are you looking at? Just looking around, mm-hmm. making me nervous. You said you found an element of the song creepy, though. Yeah. So when the talking, when there was when talking that, in it. Please call. I'm the operator. Call for what was it? One one four. Yeah. You didn't like that very much. No. I did not. What do you have against operators, Mary? No, I don't have anything against... Number, please. I don't have anything against operators. Yeah. Although, you know, we all know party lines were far superior. You didn't need an <laughs> operator for that. Um, you didn't need an operator, didn't you? No, you just picked up the phone and you were on the party line. Oh, okay. That was the thing about party lines. Hmm. All I'm thinking now is the, the kink song, Party Line. One time when I was at summer camp as a kid, yep. there was a man who worked... Um, or, yeah... The, the story is creeping me out. <laughs> no, me too. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's like an old man who worked at the camp. Yeah. And he, uh, I remember one year he told us a story about a party line. Yeah. And how they would get on the phone and he would say, oh my goodness, the old barn's burning down. And everyone would run out to to uh, see the old barn. Yeah. And then him and his girlfriend could like talk to each other on the phone without anyone else being there. <laughs> I don't know if that was yeah, a real clever. story. Now that I think back, how old would he have been? To have a party line. Well, Must when I pretty old. when I met your mom, I think they still had a party line at their house. Yes, but mom also had not eaten, did not eat pizza until she was fifteen, and then she didn't <laughs> eat it because she thought it was foreign food. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I can't. I think that her dad. She rode a horse to school, Dad. She is. She is not a. <laughs> I think her dad got he got a dedicated phone line when when she and I met because we talked on the phone for so so long that it was tying up the line for too much. So that he decided to. Finally cave in and get a dedicated line, get off the party line thing. But yeah, yeah, everyone had a different... Anyway, we're not even talking about party line. Why are we talking about that? We could play the kink song. I'm on a party line. Not Canadian, Wondering though. all the time. Eh, not Canadian. Oh, yeah, but no, it's not the operator. Not mm-hmm. the voice of the operator that... that made, you, it, made you squeamish? Yeah, it's really just the person talking sort of monotonously oh, okay. underneath... Underneath the music? Yeah, underneath the music. That just always... 
feels kind of like weird, weird to me and makes me go like, Ugh. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> I don't know why. I keep bumping the thing with my headphones, sorry. Um, okay, we have uh, two more songs. Mm-hmm. You have su- successfully guessed one, although we're not there yet, so you have to now guess the next <laughs> one. This is another Vancouver band. Oh. Uh, is it Chilliwack? Chilliwack is a town, dear, not a band. No, it is a band, Dad. <laughs> Come know, on. <laughs> I know. No, it's not the not Chilliwack or... The Collectors? Not the Collectors either. Although, interesting thing about the Collectors, my third grade te- no fourth grade teacher was married to one of the people from the Collectors. That's right. She was married to Howie Vickers, the lead singer of the Collectors. Vickberg. But his name was Vickers when he sang with, oh. the, with the Collectors. Uh, he changed it so it sounded less uncool. Mm, and yes. uh, Berg is a very uncool suffix. And when he left the band... In the late sixties, they changed their they changed their name to Chilliwack and started a, a new career as a new band. The three members of uh, the Collectors that were left over, hmm. and then they and then they broke up. No, four members because there was Claire Lawrence as well. Sorry, one I forgot about him. Anyway, but when they were the Collectors, Lydia Purple was a good song. Lydia Purple's a good song. Looking at a baby. Yeah, looking at a baby. That one's good too. <laughs> yep. No, this is someone that you know very well. Oh. It's been a big part of your life. It's David M. David M. It's my Uncle David. <laughs> Uncle David. My That's fake true. Uncle David. <laughs> he's your real uncle. Well, he yes, I guess so. I guess he's as real as... Any other uncle you have. Yeah. I mean, he's not... Obviously, he's not related to you by blood, but... But, I mean, I guess he's, he's as long... real as, like, my aunts by marriage. Yeah. In that they're related by some sort of unclear yeah, right. words said by someone. There you go. These words exactly. were just said by my dad who said this is your <laughs> uncle. <laughs> there you go. Well, cuz when I grew up, we didn't have we didn't have misters or or davids. We had people who are close to us, close to our family or aunts and uncles. You didn't so. grow up in the south and call everyone yes ma'am, yes, yes sir. Ma'am. Oh, you saw that video today? No. Oh, there's a video about saying yes ma'am, not saying yes ma'am and mom's getting really mad. Oh, no, I listened That's to a funny. podcast and the lady oh. grew up in Alabama, yeah. moved to New York, met yeah. her husband there, lives yeah. in California now and does yeah. a podcast. Okay. And she's raising her daughter, Katie Bell, yeah. to say everyone, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. No, Very ma'am. Very important in the South. It is. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, she often talks about how it is difficult for her to not live in the South anymore. And she was talking to her mom about it one time. And her mom said, uh, the South is anywhere that you make it be or something. Okay. Like, you can have the South with you if you want. Sure. You just have to make it be there. So. You just have to bring that with you. So did you put up a sign that says, no blacks? <laughs> yeah, so she segregated her household. <laughs> no, Dad. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's one of the good ones. Yes, yes. She's one of the good... Yeah. I'm sure there's many good ones. We just have a terrible view of the South. Yeah, her, her whole pictures. family seems like like a like pretty, 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 cool. yeah, pretty good people yeah, to good. come out of the South. Glad to hear it. Also, her daughter's named Katie Bell, which I think is a pretty great name. Well, it's interesting. We went and saw a lady who has uh, autism speak last night, and she's saying one of the things that schools lack nowadays is teaching social niceties, which seems useless, but for people who have trouble with social forms, like autistic people, it's important to reinforce to them how you how you act in social situations, because they have difficulty reading people. So it's good for them to have forms that they follow, if you know what I mean, like formal elements to them. So shaking hands, let's say, mm. how, you, how do you greet people? You shake hands. How do you say goodbye to people? You do this. How do you act in a meeting? You don't call someone an idiot. You don't, you know, so you learn. Yeah, I mean, th- that makes a lot of sense, because even mm-hmm. if you look at, like, languages like French, that still have a formal and plural yeah. uh, version of or you. Or formal, formal or personal form yeah, of you. Yeah, yes, yeah. So yeah. they have, like, the the singular 
um, and um, and personal yeah. versus the formal or plural version of you. Yeah. So you can say tu, which means like you, my you, sister. My sister. Or you can say like vous, which means like you, my grandmother, who I respect. Yeah. Or yeah. you, like a large group of people. Yeah, yeah. Or vu you a person I'm just talking to in a store. Yeah, someone who I don't know very well. Yeah, yeah that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, although Voltaire loved the fact that uh, the Quakers tutuyed everyone, he thought that was great. When he when he was exiled in England for a while, he wrote a, a, one of his letter, one of his English letters talks about the Quakers and how much he liked the fact that they veed and vowed people. You know, and weren't formal all the time. Didn't use you to everyone. That mm. they would let people into their lives by by saying thee and thou. Yes, but I think the Quakers are a special form of of person. I don't think they're any different than us. I think. They... I think that they're better than us. <laughs> you just like them because they quake. I just like the Quakers a lot. Whenever, whenever I. I, I was a history of, major in university, and whenever I whenever we would learn about Quakers, it was yeah. always like, and then the Quakers got in trouble for letting women talk, and it was always <laughs> like, oh, Quakers, mm. you were doing so good back then. They did let, <laughs> they let women preach as well. Yes, they did, yeah. they It was like Quakers were, were wanted by no one, but you know because what, they were doing the things that we are doing today. Do you know what Samuel Johnson said about that? What? He said, it's like... It's like walking a, watching a dog walk. On its hind you're not legs. You're not, well, no, it's hind legs. You're not surprised that they do it. You're not surprised to see them do it. You're just surprised they do it at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Quakers were good. The other thing is Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. a little bit of history William for Penn? you. Pennsylvania, yes, was named after a Quaker mm-hmm. who did not want the state named after him. <laughs> it was named after him as kind of a, screw you. <laughs> you, don't get to, you don't get to be modest about things, you yeah. Quaker loser. We're naming a whole state after you. Yeah. And it still yeah. is. Penn's Woods. Because Sylvania means woods. Exactly, that's very true. And he uh, also had a very good relationship with the Native Americans there, too. Yes. Yeah, that's another yeah. thing the Quakers did. They were okay with all races, okay with women, hated by whites. <laughs> Seems about right when you look at the history of uh, North America. Yeah. Yes. They were terrible at, they're terrible merchants. Although he was a good merchant because he got Pennsylvania or the land from the king as payment for money he had lent to the king to, for waging a war or something like that. Uh, he had lent a huge amount of money to the king of England. Oh, yeah. And so he was, he was granted the lands in America as payment because the king couldn't afford to pay him back with real money, he was given the land, uh, the Pencil- Pennsylvania, as a payment for his debts, or the king's debts to him. So there you go. That's another little factoid for Yeah, him. no, the Quakers did very well for themselves. I know even, that because I watched though... a movie about him. Oh, did you? It was, from the, it was like a black and white movie from the 40s or something. Hmm, it's good. It's a good movie. <laughs> okay, anyway, talking about no fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no more talking about Quakers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how we got there, but... <laughs> it's all right. I think we went from uncles to... Voltaire and... <laughs> That's a good, that's a good aside. <laughs> what are we doing? Is this a sneaky dragon or something? <laughs> so then, uh, yes, no fun. Uh, I, we've played no fun on the show many times, and I think people pretty much know the history of no fun. I always like to point out, though, that their albums were recorded in, uh, David M.'s basement, his parents, uh, parents' home in the basement downstairs, uh, just near one of their three, uh, deep freezes. There was his, uh, record studio, which was called I think it was called a Big Deal Studios or something like that. Uh, I know his, his record company was called Werewolf T-Shirt Records, hmm. where where reality becomes dreams. Same. That's what he called yours as well. <laughs> no, that's just it's just relatable, Dad. Oh, okay. Don't you know the the, the memes? <laughs> no, I don't. don't you know the memes that the youths of today are employing? No. You're sitting in a studio named named jokingly after a Phil Collins song. So you know, I didn't even realize that. You know how goofy I am. Oh my goodness. So um. 
Yeah, there's a song you did called Su 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 Studio. That's why it's called Stu Stu Studio. I think I need to leave. <laughs> Too late. This is, this is untenable. <laughs> Too late. So, one. Uh, this is a story when, when Uncle David and his friend Lester Interest um, were in um, California, visiting California. Also, I just want to say Lester Interest sounds like a joke name. It is. I don't want to say the, his real name since okay. he goes by the stage name of Lester Interest. I uh, didn't realize that. I know both his names, but I will only use one. What's your I, name? So then, uh, <laughs> so uh, he and Lester were in. Um, this is a story that he told me anyway, or it's in the it's in the uh, the uh, publicity. Uh, Material for for this album, they were in L.A. and they had just they had done the album, but they didn't have a name for it. They were trying to think of a name for this album, they couldn't think of it. So he and Lester were in uh, California. They're driving along on Sunset Boulevard, and there was a car in front of them, and it had a personalized license plate. And they saw it, and they realized it was the perfect name for their album, which was Ghost Paperboy and Robin's Gay Trailer Park. Same. That was that's the story anyway. So so they they named the album that and uh, it's a, and I'm sorry, this was a bumper sticker. No, it was a personalized license plate. That's what the story how the story goes anyway. That doesn't make any sense. There's way. I'm t- just just telling you the story. I'm just saying it's way too many. Um, I all I all I know is what I was told. All right. In the in the PR material. Sure. I'm gonna take it as as gospel. You couldn't ask Uncle David yourself. He would repeat it to me. All right. Verbatim since right. he wrote it. All right. <laughs> uh, as if as if reading it off. You could be reading it at the same time off the thing. Like hmm, Exactly. Sounds like sounds like a real story. He does have that mind. Uh so he uh yeah, so this uh, album is uh basically uh the first album that uh Paul A. he appears on. Uh, the guitar player that joined the band, uh, I think in 1980 he joined the band, and uh, they did Ghost Paper Boy and Robin's Gay Trailer Park, which I like a lot, and Sniffle, which is de- uh, definitely in my top ten albums of all time. But I didn't decide not to choose a song from there, because I've already played a lot of songs from that for other, in other, other instances. So I'm going to do a song from Ghost Paper Boy, and this is called Welcome to Tinseltown, which is a song about their visit to... Wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. If they had already had the album finished, that PR material is a lie! Are you sure it wasn't the Tinseltown in Vancouver, the theater? That didn't exist then. Oh. Was the theater named after this song? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Here we go. Ready? Welcome to Tinseltown, now we're Welcome to 
That sounded like Uncle David? Yep, it sure did. <laughs> hear him all over the song. Yep. Yes, one of, one of many songs he's written, and uh, I really enjoy the uh, bridge in that song where it describes a trip through the record stores of L.A. of that time period, ending in taking a bus to Rhino Records on Westwood, I think it's Westwood Boulevard. So there you go. Licorice Pizza is another name in there, Tower. Yeah. In fact, when, when Uncle David was in town... Uh, he went to Tower Records and found uh, a No Fun EP for sale there. Really? Yeah, did he, he buy had, it? <laughs> he did not buy his own <laughs> single, though, or his own EP. He still had plenty of them at home, probably. Yeah. Uh, he uh, Did he bring more, like, in his coat pocket and, like, <laughs> put them in with the other ones? That's what he should have done. <laughs> hey, hey, all aspiring artists out there, there's an idea. <laughs> and it never, became, it never became quite the thing, which it did with, like, 45s for, like, cassette tapes to be sold in, in records, like kind of independent cassette tapes to be sold in record stores. Like, like when I was, like when you, if you went to, I bought my version of, of uh, No Fun Snivel from Track, not from Track, from uh, Collector's RPM in, uh, which was down the street from AV Sound in Vancouver here on Seymour. And yeah, it was just sitting like on the counter of the, of the store. And you just went in and you, you bought it. Uh, and it came in a, came in like a, a, a brown, like a white, box that you would put uh, f- files and stuff in, like full, like papers oh, in. yeah. Like an eight and a half by 11 size box that had really? two tapes, the lyric book, mm. and then some uh, some photographs of, of David and <laughs> Paul and David. And then, uh, yeah, and, and that was the, that's what you got in that package. So it's pretty good. Mm. When you bought, uh, when you bought Old or you bought Close Spirit Boy, you also got uh, all the liner notes in a, uh, a yellow envelope with it. So the store had to make sure they remembered to give you that stuff when you bought it. If they forgot, it was kind of... You had to go back. And, hey, wait a second. What am I supposed to get? Um, so, yeah, that was uh, no fun. Welcome to Tinseltown. I have a lot of time for that band, as you know, because I've been friends with the founder of it for many years. <laughs> 30 years? Yeah, I was going to say, at least my whole entire life. At least your whole entire <laughs> life and longer. Yes, he was the best man at my wedding. So Yes, and I believe I watched my first ever movie um, at his parents house yes that's right you slept through it all but you were there for it uh taxi driver yep classic 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 everyone's first movie <laughs> so everyone says the first movie i let my baby watch of course it was taxi driver of course i wanted you to know this is what life is like <laughs> get ready <laughs> I have no illusions i was a very serious child I have no illusions <laughs> so it only gets worse uh and so you you said you knew the final band yes that you knew without a doubt. It's the local final rabbits. You you said to me, "I'm going to guess it, and there's no way I'm going to be wrong." It's local rabbits. And you were going to, and so now you're going to prove it for me. What what which band is it? It's local rabbits. That's true. Yeah. It's local rabbits. That's right. Yes. Now 
impress me further hmm. by guessing the song that is I left it? by them. Okay. Um, it's Sally Ann Style Denial. It is Sally Ann Style Denial. Yes! Here's the bad part. is that During the actual show, I called it Mary Ann Style Denial. Oh, that's my name. Because I'm an idiot. Kind of. Because I'm a dumb idiot. But no, it's Sally Ann Style Denial. Well, isn't it Sally Ann is in the Salvation Army? You're right. I never thought of that before. I always thought it was talking you about a person. You always call it Sally Ann. I always call it the Sally Ann. You always yeah. call it the Sally Ann. That's where I know that from. That's <laughs> <laughs> the name for it. You call the Salvation Army the Sally Ann. Mm. But I didn't think of that. So it's a thrift store song. But it's also talking about how the person has acid-washed jeans and shops at Le Chateau. And uh, there's other mentions. There's something about mm. Looney Tunes characters on on, on a church or something like that. I'm just going to say all things you can find at a Sally Ann. It's true. Sally Ann or thrift stores. I I have been at Valley Village and I've found Le Chateau things. Mm. Probably right beside shirts with old Looney Tunes <laughs> characters on them. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's listen to the song then. Yeah. This is another song that one reason I love it is because it has that dual guitar interplay that absolutely rings my particular bell and also has the whiniest voice <laughs> south of of uh, Neil Young. So if you're a Neil Young fan and you wonder why didn't Dave choose Neil Young? He's a he's a Canadian. He's a Canadian. Only you've heard him. But maybe you haven't heard local rabbits sing a song that's even whinier than Neil Young. <laughs> so here we go with uh and what what's the uh Ben Gunning? That's the lead singer's name. Yes. Right? Yeah. Ben Gunning and, uh, yes, on guitar, and then the other guy on guitar there's, as well. There's two other guys in the band. Well, there was three guys, because there was Johnny Starr. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's three guys. Bass. Two. Oh, sorry. The drummer was uh, uh, Thustin something. Jason? Uh, yeah, I think Jason. Jason Thustin or some kind of name like that. Yeah. And then, uh, then who was the other guy who also was a songwriter and, jeez. Uh, I don't know. I feel bad. But I do want to say, I am friends with Ben Gunning on Facebook. Oh, well, that's why you remember his name. Because, again, Canadians. <laughs> if you friend a Canadian rock star on Facebook, they will accept. I'm also friends with Jason Faulkner. Oh, okay. Well, he's not Canadian. Is he not? No. Oh. He's uh, like a Canadian, though. I always thought he was. He'll, he'll friend you on Facebook. Because he accepted me on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I was like 16. I was like, ooh, I like local rabbits. Look him up on Wikipedia. Ben Gunning, look him up on Facebook. <laughs> That's good for you. You also are the uh, the uh, person who manages the Facebook page. It's local true. Rabbits. I do manage the local rabbits Facebook page. I do nothing with it. <laughs> so but nor, if someone wants anyone else, if someone wants to like it, you can like it. <laughs> yeah. I think one time I posted on there. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's I no. Think I posted something on there too because I found the lyrics for Soundboard Love. Oh. And I posted nice. them on there. Yes, there's not a lot. And there's some videos on there too that we posted. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, their songs on YouTube. Yeah. I think there's only four of them. Four. Mm. Or at least there was the last time I checked. There may be yeah. more. I think I think they added something which was them p- appearing on the the that green guy that uh, something green. He was like a kind of gross out comic from the the nineties. Oh, Seth Green. No, not Seth Green. Oh, um, he was a Canadian guy. Green Day. Not Green Day. No, he's a Canadian guy. Oh, I can't um, remember his name. Anyway, hmm. he. Uh, you guys can yell it at me, and I can't hear you. It's okay. You can write to me later. <laughs> that green guy. But anyway, let's play this song. Oh, this Red Green. Thing. Not red green, but that's also that is Canadian. You're right on that yes. one. Yeah, keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> Duct tape fixes everything. That's right. That's another. That's another thing. Right? <laughs> well, you need to know. It's you red green. Him. You got him. You got red green. All right, let's play. Uh, I also want to make it clear that I haven't watched a red green video since I was pro- approximately seven years old. Since so stop hanging around at Grandpa's. Place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's uh, Sally Ann style denial. We're gonna big. Big, big guitars, everyone. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
That was uh, that was uh, Local Rabbits from their album You Can't Touch This, their first album that was uh, produced by uh, by Jay from Sloan. What did you think of that? Well, I love it. You know that I love that band, Dad. <laughs> you really you can't just ask me. Well, what do you think about that song? As if I haven't heard it before. <laughs> they are one of my favorite artists. Come well, on. What? You like them that much that you would you would manage a Facebook page for them? Pete mm, Elkis yes. is the other other member of that band. And I just want to say we did not have to look it up. No, we didn't. <laughs> I sat here staring at the floor until I was going like, Lou? No? Pete? Pete? Peter? No. Pete? Pete Alkis. Got it. Still got that memory. <laughs> Five minutes later. Five minutes later memory. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That's our, that's all our, unless you want to add a song. Did you want to add a Destroyer song to this list? Is um, it Bubbling Under, number six? Oof, yes. Let's do it. Let's okay. add a Destroyer song. Okay, what song do you want to add? Um, Ruby's? Destroys rubies. Nine minutes. You're gonna make people listen to a song. <laughs> oh, no, what? No, 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 no. You know what? No, you know what? I think. Too late. Too late. <laughs> no, I don't think it's too late. I don't think it's too late. Um, too because late. Destroyer has lots of really good songs. Uh huh. Yep. I was actually keep, keep just. Vamping. Keep vamping. I was actually just naming the album <laughs> that I thought the song should be from uh-huh. because. Oh really? If I want it, hold away. The album's Rubies. called Destroyers. Destroyers Rubies. I think the song was called Destroyers Rubies. Yeah. It's the other way. But from <laughs> Destroyers yeah. Rubies, yeah. painter in your pocket. And I'm reminded of the time that I was blinded by the sun. It 
was a welcome change from the sight of you hanging like a willow off the arm of yet another visionary prophetess east van punk
that was a good song. It is a good song. I also really like the imagery of um, of hanging like a willow off the arm of yet another prophetist East Van Punk. I also like that he invents a word like prophetess. Yes. And, you know, there's a drinking game for Destroyer, right? Oh, uh, one of them is mentions Vancouver, is it, it not? It mentions a place in Vancouver. Oh, okay. So if it mentions like Strathcona or wherever, East Kerstale, Van. East Van, yep, you have to drink. If it mentions a date... If it mentions the name of a woman, mm. if it references another Destroyer song... Yes, <laughs> it references, to do that. If it references any song at all, yeah, yeah, there's uh, quite a few rules to that game. But uh, I have a feeling that if, if you played it strictly, one song would get you plastered. <laughs> or what was the name? What was the one? Kaboingold? <laughs> Is that what you said? I just said Boingold. Boingold. I was trying to make up a folksy euphemism for getting drunk, and I, I came up with Boingold. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm going to keep using it. I made, I made it too long there, but Boingold, yeah. You get Boingold playing the uh, that game. You know, I was looking at my notes here, and I realized I mixed up something. I thought someone asked for top three early British psychedelic bands, and they wanted the top three early British psychedelic songs. What uh, Thomas Peterson had asked for was um, top three early British psychedelic songs, and I thought he had said band, because he said non-Beatles, but I guess I was mixed up there. And so I'm going to stick to the band's uh, for the most part, I'm going to stick to the bands that I picked. Uh, the first song I'm going to play is by Kaleidoscope, um, who uh, were uh, kind of early British. I don't know they're early. I don't really know where bands dates and stuff like that. Uh, does that matter, anyone? Come on, folks. Let's all let's be cool, man. Can I just say? Hmm? Mm, probably not. Probably doesn't matter. Yeah, it probably doesn't matter. So we're going to play a song. Uh, they have a very long song called "The Sky Children," but I, 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 let's not let's not go too long here. Are you ready, Mary? Yes. Let's get psychedelic! Sunday, 
Well, there you go, Mayor. That was a kaleidoscope with kind of a, a silly, what would be called a, a, a pop psych song or toy town pop psych song from the time period. What do you, what do you do? Look at your papers? I was looking at what the question was. Oh, okay. Which is top three early British psychedelic songs. Yeah. I think it fits that. <laughs> it does. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun song. Yeah. And, uh, it's yeah. poppy. Because and... well, British, British psych was a lot different than American psych. Like, American psych was also very acid influence but but they went in a different sort of different way they kind of took what they were doing which was r&b and folk and they kind of stretched it out and you know they took songs and they added like a lot of long guitar solos and a lot of searching and stuff like that so you had bands like the grateful dead and things where the the songs became longer or more experimental and weirder whereas in british psych it kind of drew from literature more than it drew from music and so it it drew from it drew uh, influences from Edm- Edward Lear or Lewis Carroll or just children's literature that everyone had read when they were younger, like Graham, uh, Graham, what's his name, the author of uh, Wind in the Willows? Graham, gosh, I can't remember his name now. Boy, am I ever dumb. I'm tired these days. Are you sure it's Graham? Pretty sure. G-R-A-E-M-E? Oh, yeah. Graham something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, stuff like that. So it drew from all those sort of influences and it uh it made them it you know and so it, it it kind of incorporated childhood into into the pop music of the time and so a lot of the songs kind of took on this sort of uh kind of nursery rhyme element or you know kind of fairy tale element to them and so there's a lot of songs about elves and dwarfs and gnomes and things of like that and then there's uh you know songs like I am the walrus which borrows influ- in, imagery from Lewis Carroll uh, and a lot of that kind of went on and then there's songs that are more in the psych tradition and so one I'm going to choose is from The Pretty Things. Uh, and this is a single. It wasn't on an album. This was just a single on its own. It came out about the same time as, as their fantastic psych album, uh, SF Soro. But, um, but, uh, I can hear your papers. Being very noisy over there. Your papers. <laughs> the, uh, these are the hottest mics I've ever, ever used in my life. I'm not I can trying. hear everything. I can hear bugs flying by. I can hear. Just, just trying to read a book over here. I, I don't hear, know. I can hear the hair in your head growing. <laughs> feel like I am on a psychedelic trip. So anyway, so we're going to play this song by by um, by a band called uh, The Pretty Things, and it, this song is uh, called um, Walking Through My Dreams. Are you ready for this song, Mayor? Ready to get psychedelic? I sure am. Are you ready to get psychedelicized? I sure am. Here we go. When I'm unhappy and in my eyes things are bad I just have to close them all and suddenly I'm glad Walking through my dreams at night, you're walking through my dreams at night Walking through my dreams and I'm not free I never worry cause I never get Sweep our thoughts away when you cross my mind Walking through my dreams at night You're walking through my dreams at night Walking through my dreams and I'm not free 
Yeah, that song incorporates a lot of psychedelic elements like backwards guitars and backwards drums and things like that to to good effect. And uh, w- w- one thing I like about this band is that. Uh, I'm sorry, the... I have a quick question. Sure, sure. How do backwards drums work? Do you hit them with on the bottom? No, 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 no. They're they're recorded. You, they're recorded. You hit them back. on the with they're... the other end of the you... the, the drumstick. No, you plan out what you want, how you want them to sound in the song, and then you play them backwards to what they'll be in the song, and then you then you put the tape backwards and you play them in, in reverse basically hmm. so you get this sucking sound rather than a push of the drum you get this sound because oh. the you get the sound of the the hit coming for this the after effect of oops damn it you get the I keep hit, we keep hitting our own mics here you get the after effect of the hit before you get the you know what i mean yeah like when you play normal you get bang and then you get kind of the the, the dying sounds of the 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 bang. Mm. But when you play backwards, you get the dying sounds of the bang rising into the bang. Mm-hmm. And same with the cymbal, you get a sound. You get like mm. a... So yeah, so there's a lot of that in the songs. So that was kind of a element of psych- uh, the psychedelic movement was using the studio to to make, to give you a psychedelic sound. So you get these incredibly edited albums or and carefully engineered albums that before you would just have people go and pile into a studio play the songs as quick as possible and get the hell out of there. And so, and the pretty things were part of that. When they started, they were like a R&B influenced. Mm-hmm. So all the songs were kind of like that. Not that song, but you know what I mean. They're all kind of... Anyway. Classic, classic British psychedelia. <laughs> the band from Sesame Street. <laughs> happened right before us. Uh, and so, yeah, that was... Uh, so I'm going to finish off this little thing, this little three-song uh, set, with a, uh, the band that's very dear to my heart. Is it the Beatles? It's not the Beatles. Is it, is it the Kinks? It's not the Kinks. Oh. This band is uh, named after me. This band is called David. Uh-huh. And that's why I like them so gosh darn much. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to play this song. This is this is the last song we're going to play, and then you can go to bed. Me? Yeah. Yes. 
Thanks. So here we go. So I'll play it's this like, last song. It's like te- it's ten o three p.m. You guys. <laughs> I don't know. He's making fun of me for being a baby, but <laughs> yes, I am making fun. I'm still making fun of you in my mind. Open your eyes. It's all around you. You see a light. The David with uh, Light of Your Mind, which also is a psychedelic element in the sense that, you know, the idea of, of psychedelia as mind expanding, showing us, uh, you know, letting us travel outside of the narrow confines of our bourgeois mind, and expanding our consciousness out into the, into the universe, the universal collective, the, con- the conscious mind of the universe, all that garbage that doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, I guess for those people <laughs> living under threat yeah. of... of a d- Con- living under constant threat of a nuclear death. It you're, was a. Uh... You were living under the constant threat of a nuclear death. Yeah, and that's why I'm so open minded. <laughs> it didn't end with the 60s, the, the idea of nuclear. nuclear. <laughs> I think people just learned to live with it, though. Learned to, uh, we've learned to squash it down into the, to a, a niggling uh, voice in the back of our head. Yes, now it's just one of the many things that we put up with in, li- in our lives. Yes, that that and bad drivers. 
Oh, I don't put up with that. <laughs> you personally take action against them? I just want to say, if there's any if there's any people out there who have power listening to this, let's have some sort of line that we can call to report bad drivers. <laughs> <laughs> if I see someone texting while driving, I'm going to grab my phone and call that, call that number. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. You hypocrite. <laughs> How dare you. You're, that, that, that doesn't wash. Um, the line would go like, Oh, and what's their license plate? And what's your license plate? Oh, and are you talking on the phone while driving? Oh my god. I was just looking at how long this this is. It's been like two hours. Holy crap. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Just put it out as like a separate episode. Like Uh a bonus episode. Maybe I will. That's crazy. How long is it? It's over two hours. (laughs) Because then you've already got five hours of the podcast. We've already got four hours of the podcast. Oh, well. You can't have a six-hour-long podcast. It's not a podcast. It's an audiobook. <laughs> I have audiobooks that are, like, that length, Dad. I have novels. Whoops. I have novels that people have written with their hands and have sent to editors. They've edited it and published it as a book, and then someone has paid to read it, and I bought it on Audible. Oh, thanks. They're one of our sponsors. Oh, sorry. Not on Audible. On a... On a <laughs> Um, a audiobook site owned by a large online retailer that will not be named unless they pay us some big bucks. <laughs> yes. Well, oh well, people can listen or not listen. That's their choice. They can turn it off after the show, main show ends, or they can listen to this part of it. It's up to them. Mm. Right? Yep. It's the power of the people. True. Well, anyway, well, thanks for listening to this weird supplement that's gone on forever. I didn't quite intend it, but Mary, you're a lot of fun to talk to you. Thanks for coming oh, thanks. on. Thanks. Thanks. I know by. I am. Yeah, I know. I know you know that. <laughs> no, no compliment thrown back towards you. Just, <laughs> just end in there. Some awkward, long right. pauses. Let's end. Let's end on the fist bump. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, Dad. Love you. Bye, sweetie. Love you too. <laughs> that was fun. Good. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm going.
tans, he rides their faces covered, push draws into the windows, damp the coast, and bar the Bye.